Hey guys, welcome back or welcome to Bring Your Own Baggage. I'm your host Justine and I'm here to talk about mental health and body image issues on college campuses from the perspective of a college student. These struggles are much more prevalent than you'd expect and I'm here to let you know that you're not alone. Hi Duffles, welcome back. Sorry for that accidental hiatus after... I finished the school year, my brain just completely shut down, so I think I've missed like two, three something weeks, but over the summer, I have decided that the BYOB schedule is going to be a little more flexible, a little more go with the wind, so um, I have a bunch of guests lined up when the interviews come out will be TBD. Um, I will try to get back onto the Monday schedule, but I don't know, we'll see what happens, so make sure to follow at bring your own baggage on instagram to get the notification of when a new episode has dropped and also you can turn on notifications for the BYOB podcast on spotify and apple podcasts so with that little bit of housekeeping life updates i have moved into my new place in charlottesville i'm not there now but i am thinking i'm already planning you know of creating like a studio or something in my room not an actual studio this is probably gonna literally just be like a couch and a table or something so next year i can do more in-person interviews those are so much fun and i'm really looking forward to that this summer what am i doing i am working as a summer camp counselor very excited for that and hopefully that will bring some good stories that i can share on here with you guys other than that though i don't really have that many crazy life updates um You know, I was so excited to do this interview because it is the first bit of social interaction I've had in a while. And with that, we are talking about sexuality today in honor of Pride Month. So let's just get right on into the intro. All right, guys. So as I mentioned in the intro today, I am joined by Ames Gersten. Ames is a rising fourth year and they are majoring in psychology and government and plan on studying for their PsyD after they graduate. They're staying in Charlottesville for the summer with their dog Barnsley and working in two psychology labs. I cannot believe I didn't ask you before we recording to show me a picture of your dog. He's so cute. Baby. Oh, okay. (laughs) He's like snuggle time. Oh my gosh. Wait, he is so, look at him looking at you. Yeah, he's he's such a mama's boy. It's oh my gosh! All right, well, welcome, Ames. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right, so before we get into the personal experience, um, I'm just going to quickly go over sexual orientations. This is not a comprehensive list, um, but this is just from the Trevor Project. So first is heterosexual. And this is an attraction to members of the opposite gender. Next is homosexual, attraction to members of the same gender. Queer, which is an umbrella term that someone might use to describe themselves as not straight, but not comfortable with the gender limitations of words like gay or lesbian. Asexual, um, which is individuals have little interest in sex, even though most desire emotionally intimate relationships. Pansexual, which is an attraction of people regardless of their gender identity. And for pansexuals, gender is not a determining point in who they're interested in. And demisexual, and these are individuals who only experience sexual attraction once they form a strong emotional connection with another person. So with that being said, we can just jump right into the personal experience. So Ames, what is the sexual orientation and gender identity that you identify with? So I identify as queer and non-binary. It's hard because like you said in the intro, queer is a really nice broad term where there's, as you know, people get more open about things, there's so many new genders and there's such a variety that coming up with a term that specifically seems to like list them um, seemed really difficult for me. And I love this one because no matter 
if I ever come across a gender that doesn't seem like there's a strong connection with me, I don't have to sit here and re-come out again. I can mm. be a queer person. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm non-binary. I use um, they, them, and she, her pronouns. Um, but recently I've been using a lot more of they, them. Thank you for sharing that. And for those who aren't aware, can you just explain what being non-binary means to you? Yeah, so non-binary is a huge, it's also a similar umbrella term where gender a lot throughout history has been a binary. You're either a man or a woman. And non-binary to a lot of people seems to mean this direct middle where in fact it's everything between um, and everything outside of. It's you don't feel like you're part of this binary. Um, So non-binary people can be incredibly feminine and still use they, them pronouns. They can use she, her pronouns and be non-binary. It's a huge term that encompasses a lot of variety. And it's another really flexible term that I've enjoyed. So they, them are not the non-binary pronouns. They can use he, they, she, they, um, she, her. Like no pronoun is really associated with the term. It's more just someone that doesn't feel like they fit into that direct dichotomy of man or woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, So that kind of leads into the next question, but what is the importance of pronouns? Um, To me, pronouns are kind of similar to names. Um, In this society, I couldn't imagine someone coming up to another person and saying, you look kind of like an Andrew. (laughs) Fit idea to me. I'm only going to call you Andrew from now on. Or saying your legal name is Emily Mae Smith. I will only refer to you as so. (laughs) Disrespects the name you were born with. It's, it's ridiculous. The fact mm-hmm. that you come up and be like, you look more masculine, he, him, or you have breasts, clearly she, her. Mm. I don't understand why there's, you know, this argument of people feel they have a right to decide how they refer to you. It, it feels kind of like a basic level of respect to me. Mm-hmm. Be viewed a certain way or referred to a certain way. Like professors come into class and they say, please refer to me as Professor Gersten or refer to me as doctor, we respect that. If they say, call me, call me Mark, we respect that. And yet, because pronouns are just a little bit different, people like to pretend that they have any say in what you use to refer to yourself. Mm -hmm. I love that analogy and that example that you just gave. I think that just like sums it up. It makes it so like, if you didn't understand the importance of pronouns before, I don't know how you would it now. Um, because again, it's just like a basic level of respect. And that would be so funny if we just went up to people and we're like, oh, yeah, you look like a Thomas. <laughs> They're like, my name is Bernard. I'm like, no, it's Thomas. <laughs> you look like a Thomas. There's- <laughs> it's over for you. <laughs> I don't think I even started talking about pronouns until last summer when I was at L2K and a lot of the people introducing themselves, they're like, oh, my name is so-and-so and and I use like these pronouns. And I was like, why don't we do that? And like, why don't like in my classes, some people would have their pronouns in their Zoom name. And I was like, why, like, why is this something that has almost become like politicized? Like people think that they're making a statement when, you know, they don't use their pronouns. And I'm like, no, you're really not. You're not as, you're not above it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then when people are like, oh, like, 
why do I need to have my pronouns in my bio or whatever? Like, I'm a woman. Like, you can obviously tell I use she, her pronouns. And I was like, well, that's the entire thing. You can't really tell. And like, we shouldn't be judging people based on what they look like and assigning them pronouns in our head for them. So thank you. Thank you for explaining that. Okay. So the next question mm-hmm. is, what was your journey in discovering and exploring your sexuality? Um, It's actually pretty funny. I had what I thought was like a huge friend crush on someone in high school. Mm-hmm. Like, followed their finsta they were like the year above me I thought they were the coolest person ever I was like oh my god she's so pretty she's so funny she's so confident um and now she she actually ended up not liking me because I dated her ex-boyfriend without knowing he was her ex-boyfriend no um, kind of messy for a while actually so it was kind of frustrating to look back like a year later and be like damn I don't even like him that much I like his ex <laughs> the ex who now hates my guts shit um it's literally like the most frustrating thing to look back on and be like i took this bland man there was a (laughs) woman and now i messed up shit with her that was my introduction (laughs) quality um to this day she's hands down one of like the people i've like been most attracted to Mm -hmm. i have a friend where like we were like we're not dating but like holding hands and kissing at pride you know like I called her a year later and I was like, you know, we dated. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> and it never was a very physical relationship, but there's no denying that it was not friendship. Very romantic. To this day, I love her with my whole heart. So it was kind of like that. Really, it's a lot of like looking back for mm-hmm. me. It's uh, yeah. looking back and realizing that I was taught to see love in a certain way. I was taught to only look for love with certain people. And so realizing you know, taking a moment, seeing what are my relationships with women and queer people in my life, not just men, and realizing there was a lot of intense feeling there that was very similar to the typical crushes I'd had on men and realizing I've been overlooking this this whole time. Mm-hmm. And realizing like, that's okay. And I rarely do this, but I'm going to prompt you to say this little point right here about the pancakes, because I thought that was the cutest thing I've read in my entire life. I'm so ready. So it's <laughs> Because they're like coming to terms with emotional attraction, let alone physical attractions to other genders is hard. And so the kind of breaking point was realizing that girl that I had a huge crush on in high school that I love, like she was so beautiful to me that I, that I literally thought to myself and I had like, that's the kind of face I'd wake up early for every morning and make pancakes. Like I literally, like, I'm not like my attraction to women is so different from my attraction to men, which made it so difficult for me to recognize it for years. Yeah. We like, I look at some women and I look at some queer people and I'm like, I'm not sitting here. Like, there's not a lot of lust. It's literally like you are the kind of person that I would bring breakfast to in bed every day. Like, mm-hmm. God, I would never get tired of waking up next to you. Like, yeah. it gets a lot of intensity with it. But yeah, like that's when I that was one of the breaking thoughts was she is definitely the kind of person I would wake up and make pancakes for in the morning. Mm-hmm. Happily. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I thought that was so sweet. And I feel like it's hard as an adolescent to understand those feelings because I mean, we don't talk about that in sex ed. Like my sex ed was very just structured for heterosexual individuals. And so when you're kind of like trying to figure this out by yourself and nobody's talking about sexuality and you're confused, I feel like the first we just talked about, like the first thing you do is repress it. And you're like, okay, just not going to think about it. You're like, I have so many friend crushes. Like, whoa, so crazy. 
they're all so attractive to me. <laughs> those ones are, right? <laughs> You're like, I'm in love with them and I would love to like date them, you know, wake up with them in the morning. But that's what like all friends do, right? <laughs> We're such gal pals. <laughs> Honestly, ridiculous. There's some poor queer gay kids in middle and high school right now that need some help. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This also, another great segue into the next question, um, just talking about like, what was your journey towards accepting your sexuality? It's still, it's such a work in progress. I think the biggest challenge for me has been the stigma that people grow up with, um, women and other people who come out as different gender identities, but still have vaginas, is the stigma surrounding body parts. Um, We're literally raised to think that they are dirty, they smell weird, they taste weird, they look weird, like all of these things. And so what I feel like a lot of queer people who have vaginas themselves struggle with is not only struggling with accepting their own, but then again, accepting others. Mm. It's a lot of internalized misogyny Mm. prevents others from reaching out and connecting with other women and queer people because something that they they hold in their own body that they still have trouble with loving, they still struggle to love. And then to try and do so for another, like you need to love yours and yourself before, Mm -hmm. you know, really trying to interact with anyone else. And I think that was, and it, it's something I continue to work on is the compulsive heterosexuality that a lot of kids are raised where you don't even look at women to analyze your relationships with them. You just think, okay, the only gender I should be attracted to is men. Let's only focus on that interaction I have with them and start analyzing that one. Um, so the biggest part of my journey has been finding the misogyny I was raised with about women's bodies. And then another big part of it was like fighting labels. Um, I've come out a few times. So I, early on in high school, actually came out to a few people as demisexual, um, which I can still identify with at times, like um, hookup culture has never really been something I fit in with. But I later came out as bisexual after realizing I was attracted to women. And then realizing that bisexual didn't fit because I thought non-binary people were hot as hell too. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely, if anything, I just came out more and more to include more and more genders, mm-hmm. my sexuality. And again, that's why I love queer is hopefully while I can communicate with partners and close friends what I'm feeling, I don't owe any more coming out stories or anything like that. But yeah, so the biggest part of it has been that internalized misogyny. And making sure that I'm not projecting that into any of my queer relationships. Um, mm. Because that it, it happens. If you're raised in a patriarchal society, there's going to be norms and processes that you internalize. And I want to make sure I'm, you know, this is what I'm looking for here. Maybe work to address them and break them down mm-hmm. and fully before, you know, asking a woman or a queer, a queer person to be an intimate part of my life when I could end up hurting them or affecting our relationship with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And oh, labels, that's what I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. So what, what's like your opinion on labels? And do you feel like it's something that's liberating? Or do you feel like it can sometimes put you in a box? It's so hard because like, Oh my God, you know, as I'm Jewish, um, I'm neurodivergent. Like at a certain point, there's so many intersections of my different identities that like, you know, there are people who are going to look down on me. Of course, if I come out and I say, as a neurodivergent queer Jew, not <laughs> like that's a mouthful. 
it explains important parts of my identity and things I've struggled with. But that many labels just gets confusing. And I feel like at times for specific groups can um, kind of minimize them. Mm. They're just grouped with a bunch of others. So, you know, even being like queer non-binary person at times can feel like a mouthful to me. Um, So it's one of those things where it's liberating because I've been meeting a ton of other gender queer people and I love it. Um, My Instagram has just been waves of them following me. Like you meet one and they introduce you like four others and then you meet those Mm -hmm. four. You just get really deep into the community. But I think that's like the biggest benefit. Like that's the reason it's liberating is A, you're with people who if they don't know you personally, at least know an important part of your identity. You know, my close friend, if I said, if I was straight and I told her, oh my God, there was this beautiful woman. I asked for her number. She wouldn't be like, oh my God, explain to me in a single word what your sexuality is. (laughs) No, she'd be fine with it. So I think are a lot of the time for people in the fringes of our lives and for Mm -hmm. Um, and for sometimes ourselves, but the biggest benefit I've gotten from it is the community, because when you identify yourself and you meet other people who have, identif- who have identified themselves, you get to connect over that shared identity. But I definitely agree that some of them can feel very trapping, you know, being a bisexual person and feeling like, you know, if I was attracted to non-binary people, gender fluid people, um, agender people that suddenly that label felt like I didn't fit it anymore and I just couldn't handle it. So I'm using very broad terms at this point. So people know I'm not part of the binary and I'm not heterosexual. Mm -hmm. The only information that a lot of you need to know for this point for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't owe any, anyone, anything. And if finding a label helps you, I think that's wonderful, but there shouldn't be like a pressure on you from other people to immediately label yourself and stick with that for the rest of your life. Like, like you said, like you can come out multiple times as you kind of explore your sexual identity, gender identity more. And I think that's super important for people to remember. So the next question is, does the media do a good job of portraying your sexuality accurately? Um, The only answer I really have to that is that would require them to include people with my sexuality. (laughs) So when they start having shows with regular queer characters, I'll know. (laughs) You're like, then I can judge. Until then, we have nothing. We haven't even started yet. Um, But until then, it's a lot of, like, people are, like, obsessed with certain shows because they're one of the few shows that have, you know, representation for queer characters. We'll circle back to that once the media catches up to where we are. The next question is, what are some common stereotypes associated with your sexuality and how would you respond to these? Um, I think especially with the idea that, you know, some people look down on the use of labels or the use of many labels or the creation of new labels and pronouns like um, neo or xeno pronouns, I think, are um, becoming more common is that people do it to feel special, to feel unique. They want attention. There is so much negative attention that comes from it. Why would anyone go through that just for the fun of it? I don't know. Like, I've definitely lost friends and had to cut ties with people who didn't accept my identities. So of course, coming out is not this super fun, fun, easy celebratory process. Um, And I think that they need to be more accepting of that. You know, the trans bathroom bills, the fact that someone will go around and pretend to be trans knowing they could potentially get publicly hate crimed, which Mm -hmm. and that they would do that to go, assault children in a bathroom 
most trans people or non-binary people I know don't even like using public bathrooms. Yeah. But in to interact with people because of issues like that. So at the end of the day, it's it's just exhausting to kind of explain to people that I'm not doing this for anyone but myself. I just want to feel like I know what I'm doing because sometimes using that label can just feel like a moment of correctness. You know, if you continuously go around pointing something at the wrong way, but then you finally learn the correct word for it, there's a sense of satisfaction mm. of what it is. There's a sense of knowing it that I think comes with the label. So the idea that we come up with new ways and new genders and stuff like that, it's just that beautiful moment of correctness and of finally knowing what you've been referring to this whole time. And that is known by others. Yeah, exactly. And oh, I have a lot of thoughts about this. I think that the reason why people get so offended when someone is like has a sexual identity that is anything but heterosexual is because they don't understand it and people are threatened by what they don't understand. Um, but like this isn't something that's new. Like it's not like pansexual, demisexual, queer people like suddenly popped out out of nowhere like and so it's not like queer people now pansexual people now demisexual people now are creating anything it's just like that they're becoming more comfortable with understanding their sexuality and being able to talk about it label it if they want to understand you know their sexual preferences and I just feel like that's so important to remember and I just don't understand why people are so concerned about how other people identify I'm like are they are they hurting you is anyone putting a gun to your head and telling you that you have to be attracted to females as a female or stuff like no one cares what you're doing like why do you care so much what other people are doing if like that's what makes them happy if that's how they find love and And the idea that there are even like documented cases with animals like in their natural environments finding same-sex partners And then if you look at like indigenous cultures, there are hundreds of years of them understanding and accepting that there are people outside of the gender binary. And it's kind of funny because I've been talking to a lot of adults about this. And, you know, as my dad tries to break it down, you know, I'll tell him I went on a date with a a queer person. They use they, them pronouns. And he admitted, he's like, I know that it's wrong, but my first question asked you is what sex they were born as. Mm. And I said, and I understand that, like, I can understand that instinct, but I feel like right now disclosing that to you is not at all my right or my place because this person goes by they, them. Mm-hmm. And the, they might have surgery later on from, you know, to have more comfort in their own body. But at the end of the day, it is not my place to disclose what body parts they have to you for some sort of satisfaction, some sort of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um I show like I'll I showed him a picture of people, but I will not at any point be like, oh, they were the terms that people use now are AFAB and AMAB. So assigned male at birth and assigned female at birth for non-binary people. But it's not something to disclose. Um, it's it's just kind of hard because adults, I think, want more information. They they demand it to be digestible. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's exhausting to break down your identity and other people's identity so that they can digest it. Like mm-hmm. people are complex. Why do I need to, you know, minimize myself so that mm-hmm. it's easier for you to understand and accept me? 
Yeah, exactly. And I think there's a very fine line between that and honestly just wanting to educate yourself and learn more. But like when you're educating yourself, that has to come out of a place of respect. And back to your point about people saying like, oh, you came out just because you wanted attention. I just think that is the like the dumbest thing to say. Why would anyone want this like negative attention? Not all ne- – well, a lot of it can be right. negative when you can't come out, especially from, you know, religious organizations just coming up to you and being like, you're going to hell just for being you. Why would anyone want that? And I won't go too much into Christianity and sexuality because that can be an entire episode of its own. I don't know. I just think – be a kind, respectful, understanding person. Worry about yourself. What other people are doing doesn't affect you. There's no need to hate and attack them. So many people need to hear that advice. Just worry about yourself and Honestly. respect others. It's that. It's That's the only that. part we need from this podcast. We'll just post that little sound bite. <laughs> We're like, here you go. <laughs> um, okay, so the last question is, how did your friends and family respond when you came out? And do you have any advice for people coming out? It's varied. Family has been pretty rocky. Um, It depends on how I approach it with them, I've learned. And as I've said before, it's exhausting to try and minimize myself and break myself down into understandable pieces. But I've realized if I do that in the beginning and I try my best to be patient with people that matter to me, first of all, I don't do that for just anyone. You know, it's my parents. I understand that it's difficult for them. I'd rather take this extra time for them. I'm not going to owe this to anyone. Um, but there was a moment, you know, where I told my mom, I was trying out she, her and they, them pronouns. And she kind of joked, you know, I still get your names mixed up, like referring to her kids. Cause there's three of us and there's no way I'm going to be able to remember the pronouns. And the conversation just kind of died down after that. Mm. And that was, you know, kind of hard. It's like, okay, this is really important to me. It was scary to say that to you, mm-hmm. me finding the right moment for like days, just waiting and that's not the response I was hoping for. When I told them I was demisexual, um, they both just kind of said, you're going to grow out of this. It's just because you're young. Coming out as bisexual, I did. They both forgot about it, actually. No, no. In high school, I have a date. Oh, with who? Her name's Joanna. Oh, that's not a date. No. It's a date. She asked me on a date. What? And <laughs> I learned that. Um, it's me wanting to go to Pride and them asking why. And I'm like, I'm, why? what? (laughs) And so friends have been incredible though. Oh my God. The speed at which friends have adjusted to pronouns. And I completely understand that it takes time. So like I have a best friend of 12 years who largely uses the name Amy and most of the time uses she, her pronouns for me, largely because I'm not out to her family. Mm. Um, But I'm perfectly fine with that because I know at the end of the day, she understands that I identify as non-binary and she's been incredibly accepting and supportive of it. Um, so peers are often the easiest to come out to, in my opinion. Families are the hardest. Um, just because, especially with older parents, my parents um, are a lot older than most parents for people our age, I believe. Um, my mom had me when she was like 40 or 41. So definitely somewhat of a generation gap between mm-hmm. and other parents. Mm-hmm. even like misguided attempts um you know people that clearly like you can sometimes you can just look at someone and be like I get a good feeling from you I feel pretty safe here 
and they'll still be like, Miss Amy, how are you today? And I'm like, mm, wrong. <laughs> like, I, I know what you meant. And I don't really say anything because I appreciate the sentiment about it, but it's walking into a skate shop and then being like, Hey ladies. And I'm like, no, like <laughs> you see two bald bitches walk in. <laughs> Instinct is, Hey ladies, one of us is wearing men's pants. <laughs> like, one of us is shopping in the men's pants, just like area. You're not getting red flags here about what you just said, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a lot of just not connecting them. So not like you essentially have to come out many times mm-hmm. if you really, if you want to, if you're comfortable with it, you can, like, they mm-hmm. could, Hey ladies. And I would have been like wrong. I could have just said that right out. I was like, neither of us are women. And that could have been a thing, but mm-hmm. I, I feel think, like that's scary though, because you never know what exactly. people's reactions are going to be. And so is it worth it to correct someone at like the risk of putting yourself at harm? My opinion has always been no. So that's why when they're like, can I help you, ma'am? I'm like, <laughs> um, but I think my opinion, my advice for coming out is take it slow, find the right moment. Okay. Advice for coming out is that you don't need to come out immediately. Um, you can go on a date with a woman. You can go on a date with a queer person and not have to feel like you have to admit anything to your family, feel like you have to change your labels and adjust for that. Um, what I did when I was trying out new pronouns is I text a lot of my close friends because pronouns can be kind of a big deal to change. Like every, it changes how everyone addresses you where sexuality can sometimes be a little bit more private. Um, so I texted a few friends and I was like, Hey, can we try these out? And they said, of course. Um, so that was how I approached it is sometimes it's just trying something out. Um, and when coming out, just make sure you know who you're talking to, make sure you feel safe with them. Um, you don't owe it to anyone. You don't. Mm -hmm. I know that there is a kind of debate going around about, you know, when do you have to come out to people you're seeing or dating, you know? my opinion is it's up to you really mm-hmm. um, let other people dictate how you interact with your sexuality and with people in your life mm-hmm. completely at your own pace mm-hmm. exactly and I feel like your comment about how it was easy to come out to your friends and how they would help you try out pronouns is just very hopeful because it shows that our generation is probably one of the most open and understanding generations. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully our generation raises children that are like the same way. And, you know, with parents, I get that it's hard for them to understand because this isn't something that was acceptable to talk about. And it was like scary to talk about when they were younger. So they might not have the experience and education about it, but like, that's no excuse to be ignorant to it and judgmental about it um I thought the conversation you shared with your mom was interesting because her mixing up your name I feel like that's different because she gave that name to you but you're like these are my pronouns and I'm deciding for myself and pronouns they're not an option it's not like oh if you remember like use they them pronouns for me but like if not like it's okay like that's fine like no like this is your identity this is a part of you and that's not something that is like acceptable to be forgotten it's hard because neither of them have been I don't even know the word like they've been accepting of it but that doesn't like I don't ever expect them to say this is my kid Mm. 
I'm always going to be a daughter. And at a certain point, I'm like coming to terms with that because the people that matter in my peers and in my close friends are using the correct pronouns. And at the end of the day, my parents are still accepting of me. They love me. I'm allowed to stay in their houses still. Um, I'm going to most of the time try to take that as a win, but it is kind of hard because there are going to be, it's not always accept or reject. There's going to be weird mixes in your life with people that matter to you where they might say they're going to use their pronouns, but constantly slip up. There's going to be people who won't use your pronouns, but will accept what you come out as. It's, it's a wild mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's confusing. I feel like I have a lot of advice in here for figuring out sexuality, coming out, all that stuff. But honestly, the advice we need is for parents <laughs> in accepting yeah. their children. I just don't understand if this is your child. This is literally a human being you created. Why wouldn't you want to make them feel loved and accepted? But <sighs> conditional love for your child where you yeah. need to fill these preset agreements before I can say that I'll love you. Yeah. Just doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, on that note, that wraps up the personal experience. So thank you for sharing all of that. Um, that was really helpful. And we will just be going right on into the advice now. All right. So now we're gonna just jump into the advice and I'm going to pass it off to Ames to get us started. Um, so we're gonna start out with some advice for just figuring out your sexuality. Is that the first part is just give yourself time. There's no deadline. There's no need to rush. You don't owe anyone an explanation or a label. Um, Figure stuff out. And if you do end up labeling yourself, okay to change it later. Um, Sexuality is a spectrum. Sometimes there aren't going to be labels that you feel like fit you perfectly. And that's okay. Um, At times, picking an umbrella term works for you. Sometimes picking something that you think is as close as you can get to how you really feel is also okay. Sometimes not using labels at all. At the end of the day, it's so varied and so unique to each person that it's kind of whatever you want to use to describe yourself. And it's never too late. Never too late. Um, At times, I love hearing the stories about, um, you know, middle-aged and even senior trans members of the community Love hearing about older gay and lesbian people who discovered late in life, but still ended up with the person that made them happy. Mm. Never too late. You are never too established to come out and give yourself a second chance. Mm-hmm. Um, some really good questions to ask yourself regarding sexual attraction taken from the Trevor Project are, am I interested in being sexually intimate with others? Um, who am I interested in being sexually intimate with? What does sexual intimacy mean to me? Um, who do I find physically attractive? How often do I experience feelings of sexual or physical attraction? And as I said before, um, sometimes you need to pause and wonder if there are different types of attraction you have for different genders. And that is perfectly okay. Um, your attraction to two genders, two different genders might not look the same and that's perfectly normal. And then questions to ask yourself regarding Romantic attraction from the Trevor Project are, have I ever had a crush on someone before? Who have I had crushes on? Who do I want to experience romantic behaviors with? Who do I want to experience romantic relationships with? What could different types of romantic attraction look like? What differentiates a friend crush versus a romantic crush for me? 
And then questions to ask yourself regarding emotional attraction from the Trevor Project is, who do I have strong desires to be emotionally close to? Who do I feel an emotional bond towards? And who do I want to get to know better? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for that. So the next piece of advice we're going to talk about is what to consider before coming out again from the Trevor Project. So first is to prepare for what you're going to say. And some topics you can cover during the conversation are what would I say to someone I want to come out to? What would I expect them to say? And is there a way I would want to prepare prior to coming out? Something else to consider is to prepare for potential reactions. So examples are what are some of the good responses I might hear? and But also what are some of the bad responses I might hear? Um, what do I expect the reactions will be based on what I know about a person that I'm sharing with and how do I want them to react? Another part of that is to test the waters, ask them how they feel about an LGBTQIA plus celeb coming out, um, listen to how they talk about LGBTQIA plus issues like marriage equality, adoption for same-sex couples, etc. And then for locations, you feel safest coming out in is you feel safe coming out in a public space, making sure there are lots of people around, that you're not one-on-one with someone in case you think there might be any risks. Um, and private spaces, do you feel safer coming out in either your or their home? A shared private space, is your home a safe place to come out in? Is their family a supportive family? Um, just because something is more private and a more controlled space does not always necessarily mean it's safer. So just making sure you're in a space where you have resources and support and where you're comfortable is really important. Um, and then going off of the idea of safety is who do you want to come out to? At the end of the day, you don't really owe it to anyone. Um, again, I think I mentioned this earlier, there's been a lot of discussion on when do you come out to potential partners? And at the end of the day, it depends on the partner, it depends on you, and it depends on your relationship with them. So whenever you feel comfortable, if you ever feel comfortable, um, would coming out to people in your school still allow for a supportive environment? Does your school offer resources for queer and gender non-conforming students? Is there a club or a community that you could reach out to? Do you have a support network? Are there people in your life that you know will support you no matter what? Can you reach out to them? Can you have them present later on? And then would coming out to your family put your safety at risk? If so, do you have a plan if this happens? I think it's known that people have been kicked out of their homes by their families after coming out. If you're coming out to your family and you have the time and space to be able to come up with a plan, do you have another place you could go if you're no longer allowed in that home? And then the last piece of advice regards how to best support a friend who's figuring out their sexuality. Um, the first thing is to make sure they know that there's nothing wrong with them for identifying with a certain sexual or gender identity um, and also creating a safe space for them where they can talk about anything they want about their sexuality and assuring them that you won't share their sexual orientation with anyone since it's not your place to do that. Also, what Ames was talking about in their personal experience just about how they had their friends um, help them test out pronouns um so that wraps up the advice in conclusion sexuality is a spectrum be a good person (laughs) no need to be judgy (laughs) we don't we don't need any of that um so thank you Ames so much for coming on I really appreciate it thanks for having me this was an amazing platform to be able to talk about some stuff that's I think really important to a lot of the people in my life and to myself included Mm -hmm. definitely um and I will have links and numbers for help li- or hotline help hot hotlines 
Ricard and helplines, I guess, <laughs> um, for individuals who may be questioning their sexuality and want more advice for coming out. So if you guys are still listening, thank you so much. And remember to BYOB next week or whenever I post another episode. <laughs> Bye.